Hello, and welcome to This is True Crime, y'all. This is a true crime podcast about all things true crime. Today's case is the case of the Hello Kitty murder, and we're just going to dive right in. In May 1999, a 13-year-old girl would walk into the Tim Shotsu police station, saying she was being haunted by the ghost of a woman she had helped torture, butcher, and kill a month earlier. The time frame differs between a month and a year and many of the stories. I'm going with a month because that's the one that is the most widely reported, but I am not sure, honestly. The girl, who was described as beautiful and young, had a gruesome story to tell. I'm just going to say this. I don't care how cute this girl was. She was a fucking awful garbage human being. Just wait and see. Judge for yourself. I feel like you will come to the same conclusion. Now, although the police assumed she was not well or mentally unstable or on drugs, they did their due diligence and followed up with a visit to a third floor apartment in Hong Kong's Shoppers Paradise District. The address was number 31, third floor, block B of Granville Road and Tim Shotsu, Hong Kong. There they would uncover what police and lawyers would describe as Hong Kong's most sordid and revolting crime in almost a decade. Melody, or Ah Fong, as she is going to be referred to throughout the trial due to her being a minor, had just turned 13 when she decided she'd had enough of her shitty childhood living in a slum with her bossy brothers and parents she loathed and argued with on a daily basis. Just before the Lunar New Year in 1998, she left home and decided to run away. Anything's got to be better than this. She recalls herself in her first meeting with Lung Wei Lun when she tells investigators, I found myself sitting in a daze in a cheap restaurant, praying that someone would come along and change my luck. The 18-year-old who sat down at her table would do just that, but not in a way that anyone could have expected. It would later be said by the Hong Kong court that their meeting was, quote, the most disastrous conjunction of two human beings imaginable, end quote. He sat at her table where he wore a fake-ass dollar store knockoff Armani black suit, a thick, gaudy gold chain, and a giant gold bracelet. Hello, he said. My name is Long Wai Lun, but my nickname is, wait for it, Gangster. Melody was like, what the fuck? I mean, fuck it. I mean, the gangs are where it's at. Money, drugs, power. Sounds cool, right? After all, the average Hong Kong movie is a 90-minute advertisement for how badass the triad and other gangs are. Melody and Gangster had sex that night, and over the course of the next year, she would barely see her parents and miss school more than she ever had, until she stopped attending completely. She was in love with a gangster lifestyle. Hotel stays, nightclubs, karaokeing, money, 
influence, and power that came with being the girlfriend of low-level scum triad gangsters. They frequented clubs with names like The Big Spender, The Golden Boss, and Melody would soon come to meet gangsters triad Big Brother, Chan Man Locke, at the Big Echo Karaoke Bar. Chan was a 34-year-old, well-known pimp, low-level loan shark, and drug dealer. He offered the couple to come stay with him. He immediately said, quote, you must come and stay at my place, end quote, and they moved in immediately. Chan's place was a seven-room apartment above Kowloon's famous shopping street, Granville Road, and according to them, it was perfect. It contained everything one needed to get fucked up on drugs and ignore outside reality. Cable TV, video games, Playstations, Hollywood movies, Hong Kong movies, sex movies, and tons of drugs. It was decked out from floor to ceiling in Hello Kitty everything. Hello Kitty curtains, bed sheets, Hello Kitty kitchenware, and Hello Kitty dolls and plushies. Chan used the apartment not only for his own devious deeds of using drugs, but also for loan sharking, pimping out women, pirating porn, and using drugs, mostly methamphetamines. Lots and lots of methamphetamine. According to them, meth makes you feel strong, smart, sober, and energized. One meth user describes it as follows. You're sober. You feel razor sharp, super strong, indomitable. You are a king. The drug douses your brain with dopamine and serotonin as you become more and more dangerously unbalanced. One user also said in a government report, that the effects of methamphetamine on him. When I'm iced out, all the normal rules of society slip away. Everything is so simple. I just want sex and violence, and I don't care how I get it. I'm like a PlayStation superhero, and the world is my video game. But enough of that bullshit. Don't do drugs, kids, unless it's weed. And I don't want to hear any fucking noise from anyone about it being a gateway drug. As a comedian once said, the only gateway it's leading to is the goddamn fridge. But I digress. Let's discuss a little background on the 23-year-old victim, Fan Man Yi, also known as Ah Mop. For her, the real world was a place to avoid. She preferred to get lost in drugs. She was abandoned as a child and raised at Ma Ta Wai Girls Home. They had an age limit there, and as soon as she was a teenager, she was tossed out on her ass and into the street. So like many people do, she settled into a life of petty crimes, prostitution, and drug addiction. Some of her best customers were the triad gang members who showered her with all the things she wanted in life. Again, sex, power, money, lots of drugs, but also a violent mean streak. 
She was married at the time, and it has been said that her husband was also a drug addict. They met while she was working as a dancer and the Empress Karaoke Nightclub in May of 1996, and would have one son two years later. The couple, who was constantly fighting at their Kwai Chung home, neighbors complained to reporters of being kept awake by the sound of screaming, fighting, things being thrown, and violence at all hours of the day and night. Amop left her husband and would soon meet the scumbag and eventual torturer and murderer and all-around shitbag Chan Man Lok in 1997, while she was working as a prostitute at the Romance Villa. Oh, well, hell, that's a great name for a brothel, y'all. Chan Man Locke was a loyal and faithful regular customer. The pair would have long sex and ice binges together. One night, out of her mind on drugs, Amop would make the fatal mistake when she stole Chan's wallet containing $4,000, not knowing it would eventually cost her her life. Chan knew what the fuck was up, and even though Amop paid him back immediately the 4,000 Hong Kong dollars plus another 10,000 Hong Kong dollars, the loan shark demanded another 16,000 dollars in interest. The U.S. dollar equivalent originally was $500, but with the interest of the additional $16,000 and $10,000, it would turn into an unrepayable debt of over $4,000. When she refused or couldn't pay back the exorbitant amount of money, the gang members decided that they would kidnap her and either wait for her social security payment to be paid or to prostitute her to get his money back. So with that being said, on March 17th, 1999, she was kidnapped by three men and one small girl. The men were 34-year-old Chan Man Lok, 27-year-old Ling Xing Cho, and 21-year-old Lang Wai Lun, and Chan Man Lok's 13-year-old girlfriend, as I've said. Afong or Melody, because we're going to refer to her as that, so we don't confuse her with Amop. Afong is the grooming victim, as she's trying to fucking portray i don't believe that for a second and when you hear what she says later you will not either um amop is our victim melody who was 13 at the time of the murder and 14 at the time the case went to trial has her real name under wraps because of her age they took amop to the apartment at number 31 granville road where they imprisoned her for a whole month. As we discussed, Chan Man Lok intended to make money off of Fan Man Yi by offering her as a prostitute to other people and gang members and take all of her earnings until the ever-increasing debt was paid because that's how loan sharks 
work. You will never be able to pay off the original debt without thousands of dollars in added interest being tacked on around every corner. The issue was that they really didn't think this through because as they beat her and broke her and bruised her, she did not attract high-paying customers in her state. The three gang members and the 13-year-old girlfriend fucking loved torture. They would get fucked up out of their gourds on meth and would, quote, just have fun, end quote, while torturing her with methods that will shock and disturb any normal human being. And here's your warning. It's brutal. I know I say that a lot, but if you listen to the Junko Furuta case or the last case, you'll understand that I mean it when I say there's no turning back after you hear this shit. 13-year-old Melody would later tell the police, quote, they beat her all the time. They beat her when they were bored. They beat her for laughs, end quote. Melody, even though she said that she got on well with Ah Mop, would also go on to say that she burnt her, hit her, and kicked her with the other gang members. Why did she do it? Well, she told the courtroom in a monotone voice and with a look of sheer fucking boredom, quote, I did it for fun, just to see what it was like to hurt someone, end quote. While torturing and raping Amop, they would tell her to laugh out loud and pretend to be happy. It was a game they played. If she didn't pretend to be happy, they would beat her even harder. It was a fun atmosphere, according to Melody. Does anyone else just want to cunt punt this little douche canoe? Because I sure as fuck do. The foursome, the gruesome fucking foursome, would mostly use the kitchen as their repository of weapons, which they used to beat, torture, burn, and rape their captive. They would find outlandish and disgusting ways to use every appliance and condiment as a weapon of torture. They set drinking straws on fire, held Fan Man Yi down, and dripped plastic melting plastic on the soles of her feet until her skin blistered and oozed, and they would repeat this over and over. When they tired of that, they just lit her feet on fire, then beat them with a stick. Chili oil was rubbed mercilessly into her wounds. Oyster sauce was thrown on her face. She was made to drink oil, She was beaten with water pipes. She was also beaten with metal bars, table legs, and random pieces of furniture until her fingers were smashed and broken, her body bruised and aching, and her face was unrecognizable. The men would urinate on her face or in her mouth, beating her when she failed to swallow. On another occasion, for a laugh, Melody took a big shit in a shoebox 
and they laughed as they made Amop eat it. And this kid, spoiler alert, gets fucking immunity from prosecution. What in the actual fuck? She tells the court that sometimes when there was nothing on TV, they would string up Amop with electrical wire, hang her from a hook on the ceiling, and beat her senseless like a human piñata. They would kick her over 50 times in a row as they laughed at her pain. When they grew tired and the meth eventually wore off, they would leave her there, hanging overnight. Towards the end of Amop's life, she would be left to drift in and out of consciousness, either on the floor or tied up, while her tormentors went off to play video games. Melody would say that near the end of her life, she was, quote, broken, and playing with her wasn't so much fun after that. But we carried on anyway. There wasn't anything else to do, end quote. Do you see? Do you? Oh, God. Okay. I just need a minute. I'm just going to hold on. One disturbing aspect of this case was the newspapers would have a field day with headlines and gross weird pictures portraying Amop as a thin, bosomy, beautiful, chisel-cheeked cyber babe who could be found in any Japanese video game. Basically, the body of an Asian Lara Croft, but bound and subject to nefarious torture. The newspaper headlines would say things like, you are looking at a representation of a real event. Girl eats shit and drinks piss. It was like X-rated manga or some fucked up hentai. Don't Google that if you don't know what it is, for fuck's sake. This was one of the most unpleasant and gruesome crimes to come to a court in many years, but the pictures seemed to celebrate it. Clearly, Melody and her weird triad friends weren't the only ones living in a fantasy world. After the month of ongoing torture, Melody says she woke up to find Amop deceased on the bathroom floor, where they locked her when they weren't beating, raping, or torturing her. They discussed what to do with the body, but just couldn't decide. Amop was left on the floor like a piece of discarded trash while the gang went out to play more video games in a nearby arcade. Melody would say, we came back and fell asleep. The corpse stayed where it was. A few days later, Chan, on another fucking ice binge, gathers his minions. Now she must be destroyed, he told them. She will, poof, disappear into thin air. And for the next 10 hours, they dismembered her corpse in a bathtub. Chan cut off the head with a wood saw while his grossed, methed-out companions stripped and bagged flesh from the corpse and stored it in the fridge. Melody claims she was awoken to find her boyfriend handing her a plastic bag containing Amop's butchered insides. He told her, Go cover them in hot water to stop them from smelling. 
Later, while Ling Xing Cho was cooking the head, he called Melody over. Come here, take a look, he said. No, I'm scared, said the teenager. I don't think she fucking said that. He said, just pretend you're watching television. So she did, and she told the court, when I looked in the pot and saw the skull boiling, I thought he was right. It looked like something right out of the film. The head was boiling on the stove as they cooked their evening meal of noodles. They used the same spoon to, nope, okay, I forgot about this. They used the same spoon to stir both the noodles and the head. These people are the fucking grossest. Ugh. Once the head was boiled down to nothing but the skull, they took the initiative of hiding it inside of a giant Hello Kitty mermaid doll. This doll is gruesome looking, stained with blood and stuffed with Amop's skull stripped of all of its flesh. It's like you can see the suffering, even though the outside is a cute cartoon Hello Kitty, when you know what happened and you see this doll, you just have to assume this motherfucker is haunted. The investigators would only find her skull, one tooth, and some internal organs. They found her organs in a bag, partially decomposed, that had been thrown on to the roof of an adjacent apartment building. With what little physical evidence they found, they arrested the three men for the crime. Afong, as stated, gained immunity for her crimes for being a goddamn snitch. Let's hope that the old adage holds true and that stitches really do get stitches. I really, really just hate this fucking kid. I'm sorry. The trial lasted six weeks and four days. The men would admit to preventing her from a lawful burial. It is a crime in Hong Kong, but they would not admit to murder. Chan and Wei Lun both pleaded guilty to false imprisonment and tried to minimize what had actually happened. The court was not able to conclude if she had died because she had overdosed herself or they had administered it. The three men attempted to argue that she died when she overdosed on methamphetamine. She was a known drug user, but her husband told them, told the court, that she had stopped using drugs years earlier when she had learned about being pregnant. Eventually, all three men would be found guilty of manslaughter. While waiting for the sentencing, the prosecutor heard outside that morning would say, and I quote, This case has taken my breath away. It is the ugliest and evilest case I can remember. It's not just the facts that are grim, but the characters involved. They seem to be completely without any normal human emotion. I think they went mad without realizing it. Living together in that flat, high on drugs, they started to believe their world was normal. They had only themselves against which to measure their sense of human decency. Torture became a game for them. In their twisted minds, it became acceptable. End quote.
Justice Peter Wynne, who sentenced the trio to life in prison, but with the possibility of parole, after only 20 years, 20 okay, said, never in Hong Kong in recent years had a court ever heard of a case of such cruelty, depravity, callousness, brutality, violence, and viciousness. There will be no parole for you for 20 years. And that 20 years has come and gone. Let me tell you, I have looked at every article I could get my hands on, and I have not seen anywhere that they have been released. If the prosecution could have proven that they were guilty of murder, all of these men would have gotten mandatory life sentences. But because of the state of the body and what little remains were found, this is all that they received. My heart just hurts thinking these shit stains could be out any minute now. And this little... Okay. And that Melody didn't receive anything for her part. And she was a fucking vicious, cold-blooded little bitch, in my personal, humble opinion. In 2012, the building where these horrors had occurred was demolished. No one would rent or buy the place, and for good reason. The flats slowly emptied out of the occupants, and people stopped buying any of the other apartments in the building, as many believed that Fan Man Yi was there haunting the place. Just like Melody, they would hear a woman crying and wailing in the middle of the night, and they were certain that this was the tormented soul of Fan Man Yi or Amop. Eventually, an investor had the entire building demolished, and thank fucking God, maybe her poor, tormented soul could somehow find rest. So that, my friends, is the disturbing case of the murder of Fan Man Yi. If you have any stories or crimes that you would like me to cover, please send me an email to this is true crime, y'all, at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for your kind words and your support. Please click the like button if you're on Spotify, the five star button. Or if you want to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be amazing. I'm on all the platforms, people. So, once again, thanks for listening and have a great night.